Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Chapter 9 of The Escape of a Princess Pat. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mike Vendetti, MikeVendetti.com. The Escape of a Princess Pat by George Pearson, Chapter 9. How the German Red Cross Tended the Canadian Wounded. Come out, Canadians, the crucifixion. Nix, nix, civilian hate. Englanders fine. We remained in the foul church all of that day and night, and until the following morning. No more food appeared. We were marched down to the railroad under heavy escort, crowded into freight cars and locked in. The guards were distributed in cars of their own, alternating with ours. Our wounds remained unattended to. At every station they thundered. Come out, Canadians! They lined us up in a row while a staff officer put the same questions to us in nearly every case. They were particularly interested in the quality of our rations and asked if it was not true that we were starving and if our pay had not been stopped. The guards invariably explained to the civilians that these were the Canadians who had cut the throats of the German wounded. We did not know how to explain the prevalence of this impression. On the contrary, we were aware of the story of the crucifixion of three of the Canadian division during Ypres. The tale had come smoking hot to our men in the Polygon Woods trenches during the great battle. It gave in great detail all the salient facts, which were that, after recapturing certain lost positions, the men of a certain regiment had discovered the body of one of their sergeants together with those of two privates crucified on the doors of a cowshed and a barn. German bayonets had been driven through their hands and feet, and their contorted faces gave every appearance of having died in great agony. The story was, and is, generally believed throughout all ranks of the Canadian Army. For its truth, I cannot vouch. We knew that our own men had never mistreated any prisoners and had in fact usually done quite the reverse how far other regiments may have gone in retaliation for what was known as the crucifixion is impossible to say that prisoners may have been killed is possible for such things become an integral part of war once the enemy has so offended but we could not believe that there had been any cutting of throats as would imply a sheer cold bloodedness that we could not stomach. The mob surged around and reviled us, while the guards, in high good humor, translated the remarks, unless, as was frequently the case, they were made to the officials in English for our benefit. The other British soldiers were left in their cars. Our wounded were getting very badly off by this time. It was impossible to avoid trampling on one another as the car was very dark at best 
and the one small window in the roof was closed as soon as we drew in a station. When taken out, we were under heavy escort, and were allowed no opportunity to clean up the accumulated filth of the car. We suffered terribly for food and water, and some of the wounds began to turn. So, what with exhaustion and all, we grew very weak. At one station the guards took us out and made us line up to watch them eat of a hearty repast which the Red Cross women had just brought them, and we were very hungry. When we too asked for food, they said, Nix, nix. The crowds met us at every station, and included women of all classes who called us Englander Schwein, and who at no time gave us the slightest assistance, but instead devoted themselves to the guard. Other men told us later that Red Cross women had spit in their drinking water and in their food. There was no opportunity for this in our case, as we did not receive any of either. We did not receive any food during this trip, which lasted from the morning of one day until the night of the next. We had gone since the day of our capture on the coffee received at headquarters in Polygon Wood, and the single issue of bread, water, and bacon received in the church the latter of which we could not eat, a total of three days and nights on that one issue of rations. We pulled into Geisen at eleven, the night of May 10th. The citizens made a Roman holiday of the occasion, and the entire population turned out to see the Englander Schwein. There was a guard for every prisoner, and two lines of fixed bayonets, the mob surged around, heaping on us insults and blows, particularly the women. With hate in their eyes they spit on us. We had to take that or the bayonet. These were the acts not only of the rabble, but also of the people of good appearance and address. One very well-dressed woman rushed up. Under other circumstances I should have judged her to have been a gentlewoman. She shrieked invectives at us as she forced her way through the crowd. Schwein! She screamed and struck the man next to me. He snapped his shoulders back as a soldier does at attention. Then, drawing deep from the very bottom of her lungs, she spit the mass full in his face. The muscles of his face twitched painfully, but he held his eyes to the front and stared past his tormentor seeing other things. End of chapter 9